Let's say that the church for 1,800 years since Christ's ascension into heaven followed that command and heard the shepherd's voice and acted on it. In other words, the regular course of action that the church has always taken collectively throughout the ages is that they had puce-colored leather covers on their Bibles. Now let's say that you walk into any professing Christian church today and find a host of various colored Bibles because, as the logic would go, sheep need to be happy and color makes them happy. They have, for all intents and purposes, claimed to hear the shepherd's voice as professing Christians, but are ignorant concerning God's prescription, his voice concerning colored covers. Are they then really hearing the shepherd's voice, or are they simply deceiving themselves? It would seem strange to have a group of sheep simply stand docile, as the shepherd called them, commanded them to follow him and his will, and yet they stood ignorantly there with cotton in their ears. Are they really the shepherd's sheep? This last century has been the most tumultuous century of theological change ever in the history of the church. In other words, this century has demonstrated the most widespread disease of lethargy concerning being given a command by the voice of the shepherd and having the church simply ignore it. It has ranged from everything, from God's prescription of worship, to what to sing, to whether or not musical instruments should or should not be used in worship, to preaching the word exegetically or not, to the validity of the word of God itself as being infallible and inerrant, to the nature of Christ, to ecclesiastical issues concerning members of churches or to have membership at all, to the ordination of women in offices, to various forms of government, to everything under the theological sun. How is it in 400 years, that the church could have gone from listening to the shepherd's voice in coming together to support documents like the Westminster Confession to the barrage of various denominations or lack thereof in the scourge of independency in the church today and the dissolution of unity in the most important theological matters in the church. How is that possible? I'll tell you how. People who call themselves Christians are simply professing that they are and do not hear the shepherd's voice. If they did hear the shepherd's voice, they would heed God's word in following, at least the very basics of what the shepherd desires. They would, as God said in Jeremiah 6.16, stand by the roads and look and ask for the old paths, the ancient paths, where the good way is, and walk in it, and find rest for your souls. End quote. They would ask for the ancient paths, the old news that is, good news. They would not be looking for something new or novel. They would not be basing their entire church around what is new or novel. And yet, they thrive on that which is new or novel, because they do not even know what the old paths look like, much less desire them. 
This shows the continual regression of heeding the truth. As God also said in that same passage in Jeremiah 6.16, quote, But they said, We will not walk in it. End quote. Take up the Westminster Confession. Read through it. See if you agree or disagree with its basic nature. See if you are a, quote, newfangled Christian, end quote, or you desire the old paths. Do you really hear the shepherd's voice, or are you more concerned with the status quo? Does your church pastor heed the shepherd's voice, or is he compromising in the truth so that he can keep the peace? Look around, professing Christian. Are you standing still with a bunch of docile sheep? If you are, then the shepherd, who is already called, is long since gone. You are left to yourselves because you have not heard his voice, and you are not following him. This is Dr. Matthew McMahon signing off. Keep checking back at a Puritan's mind. Currently in the works is an MP3 series on the Covenant of Grace and another MP3 series on election and predestination. Puritan Publications is almost ready to release its latest book, A Heart for Reformation, which covers how every Christian should desire true biblical reformation. For more information on Reformed and Puritan theology, visit www.apuritansmind.com. For more on Reformed and Puritan Theology, visit www.apuritansmind.com. Good night, then, until this same time next week. This Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. SWRB makes thousands of classic Reformation resources available, free and for sale, in audio, video, and printed formats. Our many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing thousands of classic and contemporary Puritan and Reform books, tapes, and videos at great discounts, is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780 780- Four five zero thirty seven thirty by fax at seven eight zero four six eight ten ninety six or by mail at forty seven ten dash thirty seven A Avenue, Edmonton. That's E D M O N T O N, Alberta, abbreviated capital A capital B, Canada, T six L three T five. You may also request a free printed catalog. And remember that John Calvin in defending the Reformation's regulative principle of worship, or what is sometimes called the scriptural law of worship, commenting on the words of God, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart, from his commentary on Jeremiah 7.31, writes, God here cuts off from men every occasion for making evasions, since he condemns by this one phrase, I have not commanded them, whatever the Jews devised. There is then no other argument needed to condemn superstitions than that they are not commanded by God. For when men allow themselves to worship God according to their own fancies, and attend not to his commands, they pervert true religion. 
And if this principle is adopted by the Papists, all those fictitious modes of worship in which they absurdly exercise themselves would fall to the ground. It is indeed a horrible thing for the Papists to seek to discharge their duties towards God by performing their own superstitions. There is an immense number of them, as it is well known, and as it manifestly appears. Were they to admit this principle, that we cannot rightly worship God except by obeying his word, they would be delivered from their deep abyss of error. The prophet's words, then, are very important when he says that God had commanded no such thing and that it never came to his mind, as though he had said that men assume too much wisdom when they devise what he never required, nay, what he never knew.